some people are concerned with scrupulosity. Like, oh yes. my, if I that's the most thinking yeah. about this. But again, what is scrupulosity? It's turning back around and focusing on me, me, yes. me, 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 me. Yeah. That's a, it's, it's a focus again. <laughs> me, 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 me. Whereas the whole point here is to make this habit of of looking at whenever I, I see those defects. That's a reason to turn outward to God. Yes. Yes. You know, it's not to not not to be a reason for anxiety. It's to be a reason for hope. You know. In God's mercy, you know, it's an opportunity to repent. Well, hello and welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network International, joined again by my good friend and mentor and colleague, Brother Rex, for this opportunity to continue discussing this, our daily task of growing in imitation of and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. We're very grateful that you're here with us today. I hope you've been enjoying this study, if you've been following along. And if you haven't, please go to deepinchrist.com and go go uh, watch the, the past episodes. We've been working through... The Spirituality of the Twelve Steps of Recovery, and boy, it's been a, a great study on humility, a great study on uh, our, our weakness, our powerlessness, our need for God's grace, the connections between our active life as Christians and our life of prayer and um, connection with God, our relationship with God. So many great themes codified and distilled in this in this wonderful process, this wonderful um, program of life. You might you might say. And today we're moving into step 10. I was previewing a little bit the next few steps, Brother Rex. We have three steps left in the study. Mm. And it seems like all of the the final three steps really uh, in, in three different ways focus on now trying to take what we've experienced, what we've learned, and to turn it into a, a program for the rest of our life. Yes. That this doesn't yes. end now, but now I, now I, pl- I look ahead and I say, I'm going to make these pieces part of my life from here on out. Yes. And it's an important yes. piece because, as we know from the spiritual life, he who does not progress loses ground, as mm. uh, Father Garagou Lagrange said. We're either moving forward or we're going to go back. We're going to relapse. We're going to mm-hmm. uh, go back to our old sins, our old ways of life, our old ways of thinking and acting and feeling. Uh, and perhaps it might even be worse, which is not a, a reason to be discouraged or worried, but it's a reason to say this I need to make a plan for making this just part of the way I live my life now. Mm. I like about? the way you said that. Um, there was uh, I heard an individual once break up the the, uh, the twelve steps. I can't remember how they broke them up: one through four, one through five, and then five through seven. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they said, you know, uh, the twelve steps can be uh, conceptualized this way: believe, trust God, clean house, meaning do the interior work that's necessary. Help others. Hmm. That's the purpose. That's the that's the twelve step. That's a distillation of the distillation, right? Mm-hmm. Is to trust in God, clean house, do your own inner work, uh, and then help other people. This is not just right. about us. It's about helping other people. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's in the gospel in multiple places. You know, Christ tells us that as disciples, we are to bear fruit, and we're not to try to bear fruit of our own power. You know, He is the vine. We are the branches, but we are to cooperate and to bear fruit. And so we have to start by making sure that we're plugged into the vine. And that's what trusting in God and cleaning house is all about. It's getting pruned, so to speak, 
getting pruned as branches. But now the task for the rest of our life was the task as it's always been as Christians, to bear Christ's fruit in our lives and the lives of the people around us, to do his work, to be his hands and his feet and his mouth, you know, to carry out the kingdom, to evangelize, to make disciples. That's always been our task, yes. but now we're more ready to do it in cooperation with the vine, right? Yes, because it becomes, uh, as John, St. John the Baptist would say, uh, we're becoming less so that Christ might become more in us and work through us. Uh, and this step, this 10th step, which is um, <clears throat> continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it, simply builds mm-hmm. on what we've done from uh, 1 through 9. And this is simply a, a daily maintenance, if you will, yeah. of uh, because we're not saints yet, that we're striving yeah. for that. And by the grace of God and grace of God alone, uh, with our cooperation, we will one day be saints. Um, we're not there yet. And so the 10th the step, this taking a personal inventory, and when we were wrong to promptly admit it, is an, in, an important part, an absolutely essential part of that maturation process, that growing into Christ or growing deeper into Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that we have that, and uh, uh, it's, uh, it, it, again, it's a, it's a humbling thing to admit on any given day I, I messed up. I opened my mouth when I should have, when I could have kept it closed. I kept my mouth closed when I might have opened it. Right? I have, right. I have um, sins of omission and sins of commission, character defects that continue uh, to bubble up. You know, there's an old adage that I've never given, I've never given anything to God uh, that didn't already have claw marks all, all over. Right? <laughs> so even though there's a part of me who wants to, that wants to let go of this character defect. I, I will occasionally bring it back, right? Grab back yep. a hold of it. That's one way to think of it, right? Um, yeah. I think another way to think about the, um, the process of recovery is, is that um, well, there's, a, uh, there's a dragon, right? This fallen nature that I have, the dragon that lives inside of me mm-hmm. and runs havoc in my life. And at some point, by the grace of God, I'm able to construct a... a um, cage for this dragon uh, and the cage is built using the 12 steps okay um, now the dragon is always there scratching at the cage right trying to find a weak spot trying to get out trying to get the dragon like the scriptures say the, 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 the devil prowls around like a hungry lion mm-hmm. looking for something to devour well this dragon inside of me this fallen nature uh, uh, is there and it it, it, it scrapes at the door. And every once in a while, when I'm not spiritually fit, I may, I may open that door a little bit and let that dragon come out and take a swipe at somebody. You see? Yeah. That, that's just one way of thinking about it, right? right? There are other ways to think about it, but that's sort of the way that, that I tend to think about it. And so I want to keep the dragon in the cage, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, um, and the 12 steps are a way that someone can do that. Right. Well, again, it goes back to that that notion that we're because we have that that uh, brokenness in our nature, what we call concupiscence. Um, we have to be moving forward. You know, we, we're we have to. It's a daily walk with Christ. It's not a one time event. It's not a one saved always saved. It's a you know every day. Um, we say as Catholics, you know, I, I I have been saved. I'm being saved. I hope to be saved. That it's it's this process, and my concern is simply to continue the process with the Lord. Um, 
And so this step, step number 10 here, again, the, the steps leading up to this have been about, you know, um, expanding the circle of, uh, of seeing my, my defects and the effects of those defects in other people's lives and making amends. And now, again, as, as we said earlier, this, these last few steps are kind of about taking all this stuff and beginning to now make a plan of life so that I'm always moving forward one day at a time. And in this step in particular, it's about moving from, you know, perhaps a one-time intense examination of conscience and of life and, you know, this process we've been going through. And now saying, no, now this is just going to be a way of life, that the examined life is going to be the way I'm going to live my life. I'm going to examine it uh, daily and, and weekly. It's going to be just part of the rhythm of life is to examine, to courageously see the ways that I've fallen short and to bring them to God. And again, as we said last week, Part of what the whole process has taught us is to look very differently at our weaknesses, at our failings, at our sins. You know, in the past, we we may have looked at those, whether we knew it or not, we we well, probably we didn't know it. We we interpreted those as reasons to to grab a tighter hold of our lives, to try to take more control, to try to just kind of push on through it and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, and it didn't work. <laughs> and so now we we've we've turned a corner. And part of the habit we're trying to build is saying, these are all opportunities. One of my favorite quotes by uh, G.K. Chesterton is, an inconvenience is is only an adventure wrongly considered. <laughs> you know, so up to this point, every time we we, we fell again, we had, a, we had a, a relapse or we sinned or whatever it was, those were, they were discouraging. They were inconveniences. They were annoyances. They were interruptions in the the fantasy picture of our idea of, of our living the Christian life. Well, now we were able to interpret these differently. Now, these are part of the adventure, and they're regrettable when they happen, but every single one of them has been allowed by God in order for us to then immediately turn back to God's grace, to, to mm. lean into to his, his grace, to lean into faith, hope, and love, and just become more convicted of our need for God, to allow ourselves to be deepened into humility by God's grace, so that... Um, again, each failing is only a, a, a creating a deeper dependence, a deeper connection of us as branches to the vine. And just mm. and so this is about now making that part of our life going forward. Yes, there's a great uh, there's a great book. I th- it's about the history of Alcoholics Anonymous, I believe. I mm. can't remember the author, but the title is quite striking to me in its simplicity. And the the title is simply "Not God." Not God. And I think that encapsulates what you were saying, is that each fall, each relapse I might have into a particular behavior or thinking pattern or a, a dysfunctional this or that, is a reminder to me that I am not God. Right? I am right. not God. And I think that's a, that's, a great, uh, that's a great thing for me to keep in mind because uh, I, I often joke uh, uh, that there was a time in my life when I signed my checks you know, God, or sign my checks, Jesus Christ, you know, because I, I, you know, I, looking back, I realize I, I, I didn't have what you might call much of humility. I uh, still don't have it today, I suppose. But in any case, um, those those falls, as we would call them, those, when those defects come rearing their ugly head, that dragon comes popping mm. up, it's a reminder to me that I am not God. And that's what the 10th step is about, is for me— to admit on a daily basis that I am not God, and here's why, right? And then I can uh, admit to God about my faults. Yeah. 
We have this this notion in the gospel um, that we are to not lay up treasure of this world because you know moth moth is going to eat it, but, uh, burglars are going to steal it. It's going to pass away. We are to be laying up treasure in heaven. And what is that? What does that mean? Right. Well, that's that the the good that we do completely by the grace of God, the good that we do is intrinsically valuable because of Christ's redeeming action. You know, we can do good because we are in God. And the things that we, the, the, the good that we do in Christ, deep in Christ, has intrinsic value. It's worth doing regardless of how it sort of turns out. Mm-hmm. Virtuous action, you know, day by day, to, to, to love our neighbor, to serve the poor, to serve our family, to do those things with our heart, to do those things fully, those have value. You know, uh, that, that's treasure that cannot be taken away from us. Um, but so too, uh, again, we, we, we don't just look at our day and say, okay, here's the good things that I'm going to do to try to build up treasure in heaven. It's that, no, 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 now Christ has given us the power, and it's his power, that we can, we can turn everything in our day around to being this sort of treasure, this, this eternal treasure, even our fallenness, even our mistakes, because we can take them and say, aha, I'm going to turn that right around, Lord. I just see now my greater need for mercy. I'm going to, I'm going to throw myself at your feet. I'm going to beg mercy. I'm going to beg forgiveness. I'm going to allow you to to use this to grow me in humility. We can turn everything, every frustration that we encounter, every difficulty, every obstacle, every one of our own ongoing weaknesses, we turn those simply into greater the greater glory of God. Again, it's a, it's the we have this great uh, I think it's fifty some word catechesis in the Lord's Prayer, right? Like our the first and foremost thing is that we want to give glory to God. And God is glorified both by the good actions we do in his name, but also by the mistakes whereby we turn and repent and go to his mercy. He's glorified by both of those. Not Obviously not the, mm-hmm. the sinful action itself, but by his redemption of us and our gratitude for his mercy and redemption. And so we're, we're enabled by this to now make capital, so to speak, in a heavenly treasure sense of every bit of every day for the rest of our life. It can be forward progress, even when it's a bad day, perhaps especially when it's a bad day. Those are the days we can give more fully over to God's power. We can give glory to him. We can rely on his power. We can invite the humility that he wants to work in us. It can all be uh, to hallow the Father's name. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's beautiful. And when you do that on a daily basis, which is what we're talking about today, this... uh this uh, inventory, taking our daily yeah. inventory, we can see those ways that we can, that, that we both, both what we've done by the grace of God for the kingdom, yes, yeah, today, but also what I've done that sort of that fell short of that, yeah, and I needn't beat myself. I simply have, I just simply offer it to the Father in my daily examine. This is what mm-hmm. you know. This is what I did good because of your grace. And this is what didn't turn out so good because I turned my back on your grace. And that wasn't necessarily maliciously. I just wasn't thinking. I wasn't conscious. I wasn't being mindful of your presence in my life. Uh, and so I wasn't, I wasn't deep in Christ when I did this because I was shallow in me. Yeah. Right? I wasn't deep in Christ. And deep in Christ, I was shallow in me. Um, in the Catholic tradition, uh, we have this wonderful um, uh, uh, examine. Well, yeah. Examination of conscience, uh, it's called an examine, so we're examining our life, uh, taught by the Jesuits, by St. Uh, Saint Ignatius of Loyola. And uh, uh, he, of course, wasn't, he just sort of codified it, I suppose. I mean, I think Christians have been doing this for centuries. Um, 
but in that that is um, to take a daily inventory. You know, he, I mean, he would he would totally get this notion of a, yeah. a continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it because he taught that we should do that every day. At the end of the day, called the exam, and people who are listening to this can go online and type in St. Ignatius examine, and they can find a multitude of very good resources talking about how to, it's because it's sort of a structured way of going through yeah. uh, looking at one's day, um, asking the Holy Spirit for the light to see, to see the day in the light of Christ rather mm-hmm. than my own dim, <coughs> excuse me, light, giving God thanks for, for everything that happened today. Yeah. Admitting to God those things, again, that we've done well by His grace and that we've done not so well because I was running on my own steam, you know, facing those shortcomings. And uh, and then uh, looking forward at the end of that to, to, to tomorrow, right? So today yeah. I didn't do so good, but tomorrow, you know, uh, uh, I hope to be more spiritually connected than I was today. Yeah. God didn't move away from me. I moved away from God. And uh, so I think that's uh, and and of course, and it goes even uh, in monastic communities uh, where I did my formation, and I think in all monastic communities, there's a there's a place in the monastery called the chapter room. It's called the chapter room because that's where all the monks go and they gather, and a chapter from the rule of their founder, in this case Saint Benedict, is read, and maybe there's a little reflection. There's also a ritualized. Uh, a uh, process called the chapter of faults, F-A-U-L-T-S, faults. And that is where, uh, by a little kind of a ritual that the abbot or whoever is running the, the uh, uh, liturgy, you know, uh, introduces, uh, mm-hmm. there's a period where the monks can then uh, uh, admit to themselves, to God, and to their brothers— See, so I was going back to this this fourth step. Only they do it daily, or the fifth step, but they do it daily. Um, that what they've done wrong that day, yeah. right? I was late for choir because I overslept. I turned my turned my clock off, right? Or I yeah. I spoke ill of of brother so and so or sister thus and such. Uh, and then at the end of that, when everybody's had an opportunity to do that, uh, mm-hmm. then there's a there's a, a mutual uh, forgiveness yeah. from the community, and it's a very yeah. powerful thing to hear. You know, I remember when I was there, and there were there was a gentleman there who was a Pauline scholar, a scholar yeah. of Saint Paul. He's dead now, may he rest in peace. And he would occasionally he was kind of a grumpy old guy, hmm. and it didn't take much for him to be grumpy toward anybody, any particular individual. And occasionally he would stand and he'd say, I was, you know, I was short with Brother Sebastian or I snapped at Brother Rex and I'm sorry for that. And I was, I, that was just such a powerful witness to me to see this man who wrote volumes about St. Paul was willing to basically stand and say, you know, I, I don't have all my stuff together. And just because I can write about St. Paul doesn't mean I necessarily follow what St. Paul teaches. Uh, and so there was, a, there was a witness value in that that I've not forgotten to this day. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I mentioned last week that that's something a little like that we've sort of developed in our, our family uh, rhythm, that when we do a night prayer together in the evening, our family 
has a, it's time for apologies, right? And then the little kids go around and, oh, I'm sorry that I did this, mommy, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry I complained. And my wife and I have, uh, I think, a harder time than the kids admitting mm-hmm. to things we've done wrong, but we usually mm-hmm. try to mention a couple of things there as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's making that part of the regular rhythm of life where we, mm-hmm. we, we know we're going to fall short. We know we're going to sin. We know we need to keep moving forward. So we need to codify and make it just part of our, our rhythm to mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. that examination. I know a father um, who, a, a man, a, a parent, a father, mm-hmm. who when he tucks his children in bed at night, that's one of the things that he will do. Now, maybe his wife yeah. does it too. We've never talked about that. But he says when, because they've got a young son and the young son just, he's at that stage where he somehow intuitively knows how to push all the buttons. So he pushes all dad's buttons and dad's gets grumpy and so on and so forth, whatever. And at the end of the day, if it's necessary, dad will go in and, well, he always tucks him in. But if it's necessary, Dad will make amends to yep. uh, to uh, little Miles and say, Miles, you know, today when you did mm-hmm. this and I screamed at you, I'm really sorry about that. And I, you know, yeah. uh, I I needed to, I wanted to do better than that. Screaming yeah. at you, what you did, you know, I mean, he he doesn't go into all that, but I mean, you know, what Miles did was inappropriate. But screaming at Miles uh, from Dad's point of view was inappropriate, and he had an opportunity yeah. to take a look at that, right? Yeah. Um, so many of us, I think, many of the people watching or listening do this perhaps intuitively. Uh, right. They do a step 10 and don't even know it. Um, so there's this concept in, uh, in recovery programs where an individual uh, ought to do this. It's suggested that they do it at the end of the day. There's also this concept of stopping th- in the, maybe at lunchtime and just taking a look at the past five or six hours and saying, was there a way in which I was unkind or said something uncaring uh, or what have you to a coworker or a family mm-hmm. member? And, and uh, admitting that, asking for forgiveness from God and asking to do better. Uh, and if it's necessary to, to make amends, right? Um, uh, and so to do that at, at, uh, at different intervals during the day, maybe at noon and then right. one, again in the evening, uh, there's nothing the matter with that. It simply keeps, it keeps, as I like to say, it keeps my spiritual lenses cleansed, right? right? So that I can see God in my life. I can see what's going on better. I'm better able to uh, to uh, not only appreciate life, but I'm better able yeah. to handle life on life's terms. So I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that. It's not a maudlin kind of, oh, you know, I'm going to beat myself because I've done something wrong. And that's That's just... That's simple. It's just taking the focus off God and putting it on me. I yeah. just want to. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? There's a. I I do. Yeah. yeah. And there's I mean, some people are concerned with scrupulosity. Like oh, yes. if I that's the most thinking yeah. about this. But again, what is scrupulosity? It's turning back around and focusing on me. Me yes. me 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 me. Yeah. That's a, it's, <laughs> it's a focus again. Me 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 me. Whereas the whole point here is to make this habit of of looking at. Whenever I, I see those defects, that's a reason to turn outward to God. Yes, yes. You know, it's not to not not to be a reason for anxiety. It's to be a reason for hope. You know, in God's mercy. You know, it's yes. an opportunity to repent yet again. Something you were saying about keeping the the lenses clean. You know, sometimes I think we 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 have to keep in mind in this process. The part of the reason this needs to be an ongoing, lifelong process is that. We got to keep. We can clean the lens for today. You know, we can take the lens and we can shine it back up for today. But the reality is, the 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 power, the magnification of that lens, if we're going to stick with that that analogy, 
is going to increase over time if we're working this process. You know, what we what we could see of our lives before we started the process was one thing. What we're able to see of our lives now is perhaps a, a, a much more f- fine detail, the ways that we've fallen short, the ways that we've hurt others. And so again, we're, we're turning all those over into grace. We're turning those into opportunities for repentance and grace and humility. But that process is going to continue uh, if we if we continue the process. Mm-hmm. You know, that, mm-hmm. that uh, what we see now will be different than what we see a month from now or a year from now if we mm-hmm. continue to examine. Mm-hmm. So we part of our making or taking uh, taking examination of what happened today is the opportunity to today to repent of those things, to ask God for mercy, to to examine what happened so that we can do it a little different tomorrow. But it's also that, you know, a month and a year from now, even when I'm looking at my life, you know, my understanding of those things, of my own brokenness, it's going to be different. It's going to be more fine-tuned. Yes. It's going to be deeper. The yes. saints, you know, the great saints, you hear them <laughs> they're talking about the, their sins or their struggles, and it, it sometimes seems very remote from us. Like, they're worrying about very small things. And it's not that they were scrupulous. It's that, well, as they drew closer and closer to the heart of the Lord, the, the gravity of sin became more apparent to them. Yes. You know, their lenses got really, really fine, yes. and that's a good thing. But that's why this is a process over time. Yes, yes, it's an ongoing process. So that, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, you know, think about it. Mother Teresa, Mother Saint, Saint Mother Teresa, who most everybody in the world who's alive now knows who that is. Yeah, right? I think we're. She went to confession every week, and if you stop and think about it, it's like, really, mm-hmm. Mother Teresa. Went to confession every week. What could she possibly have to confess? Hmm. Well, the point is exactly what you're saying, that the more the closer she drew to Christ, the more she was able to see those ways in which she failed to mirror the person of Jesus Christ for those around her. Yeah. And I have found, and I am nothing like Mother Teresa, trust me, but what I have found is that I'm, I, I try to go to confession weekly. And there have been times right up to the the 11th hour when I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to share in confession, although I haven't been that bad this week. And uh, if I ask the Holy Spirit for some guidance, the Holy Spirit will point out to me something Mm -hmm. that I can bring to confession. It's not always a mortal sin, but the church suggests that we confess venial sins as well. So I might... I'll go to the confessional and I'll confess the venial sin. Now the priest knows me well enough to know that I'm going to come every week, so he's not. He doesn't say he doesn't push into that like uh, it's not scrupulosity. It's simply a, a deeper understanding of because I never I never mentioned X because I didn't see until this week that X was actually a problem. This X was actually standing in my way of being a good faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Yeah. But by the grace of God. Uh, I can now see that. So today I'm saying this is a problem. Um, And it's a a beautiful thing. Um, The church, interestingly enough, right, the church says that we only have to go to confession once a year or Mm -hmm. when we have a mortal, you know, when there is mortal sin. Fair enough. But I have found that the more often that I have gone to confession, the easier it has become. And again, like you said, the more the spiritual lens is cleansed, Things that didn't bother me before now bother me right. because 
of the grace of God showing yeah. me. This is standing in my way. God says this is standing in my way of showing my love to the world through you. It's like, Don't. yeah, you know, that, so that, that movement from, from again, looking at the sort of the minimum required dosage, yes. min, minimum effective dose, the MED <laughs> for this. Uh, towards something different is also <laughs> reflective of again another another part of this journey, which is that again, oftentimes why is somebody starting a twelve step program? It's because they have a presenting issue that is yes. very perhaps violently making them realize that they gosh they got to make a change. Yes. Okay. So they start from a place of a, of a servile feel, fear, so to speak, of God. Like I need healing, or I'm gonna die. You know, yes. or, uh-huh. physically or spiritually. But then at some point in the process, again, this is. This is also going to move and should move, because that's, that's the point here, move to a, a, a different sort of fear, a different sort of relationship with God as well. And that will be a bit more in the next step is what we'll talk about next week. But um, we're not just cleaning this spiritual lens to see our sins, to get rid of our sins, so that we can just be squeaky clean for the sake of being mm-hmm. squeaky clean. It's that that's the same lens with which we approach the Almighty God, and we're called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. But that's the same tools, you know, the uh, ourselves. That's what we do that with. And so, as we, it's not just it's not just being squeaky clean for the sake of being squeaky clean. It's not just getting healed for the sake of oh, not having a nice peaceful life. It's that no, now I can get on to the more important work of persevering in prayer so I can come to know Jesus deeper. That's the reason to get rid of my sin because sin takes me away from God. That's mm-hmm. ultimately, even if we started from a place of real desperation and just, you know, uh, self-preservation, part of this process too is recognizing that the, the far more important purpose here is to uh, allow God to heal us, allow God to take away our sin so that we can draw close to him mm-hmm. uh, and to love him more, to have a heart that is more purely attached to him because it's less attached to other things. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, this, this purity of heart. I mean, we talk about the heart is talked about so much in, in scripture and part of this process is recognizing I have a divided heart and I'm asking healing from that and I'm going through this process to invite God to heal my heart. But then what's the point of having a healed and pure heart? Well, it's to now give it more fully to a person, to the mm-hmm. person, to the divine person, to our Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think the other part of that is... Uh, uh, See if I can say this correctly. Another part of that is cleaning the spiritual lens so that I can see God more clearly. Also, so that I can see you through Christ's eyes. Or Christ mm-hmm. can see you through me. I mean, it sounds kind of wonky, and I'm trying to say that. For instance, yeah. if you... Yeah. If you say or do something that just drives me bananas, right? I mean, I just I'm angry about it or whatever. Uh, when I just see it through my eyes, uh, I'm angry, and that's sort of it, right? If I can step back and if I'm if I'm spiritually fit, there there's a chance that I can see this situation through Christ's eyes and realize, wow, John Mark is going you know, whatever, uh, or or whoever. You're not going through a divorce, but I'm just using John Mark's going through a divorce. No, no matter, no wonder he's a little edgy. No wonder he's a little pushy. No wonder he's a little, you know, which again pushes my buttons. But if I'm able to see that with the eyes of Christ, I'm more able to take that in and say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to suffer that, uh, the pain that goes along with him being grumpy because he's in a lot of pain. And now I can pray for him rather than... Uh, 
simply, you know, snap back, which isn't going to do any good. Does that make sense to you? Totally, totally. Again, so it's, it's not that, only it's not only that I cleanse the lens for love of God, but because of that, now I can love yep. others. Yep. Right. Which is again those two great commandments. Mm-hmm. All the all the law and the prophets and the gospel can be summed up in those two. But we've unpacked that in such a way where we realize, well, this process is to get us to a place where we're far more available and yes. ready and willing to carry out those commandments yes. by God's grace. Yes. yes, and it's such a it's such a hard piece of work because of our, because, for me anyway, because of my own brokenness, because of my own concupiscence, because of my own uh, desire to go there, which is yep. all about Rex, instead of there, which is about Christ. It, 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 and there's, a, there's that battle that continues. Um, and I just see that as a part of it. It's just a part of the, part of the process. It's the process of being sal- of salvation, of being, you know, working out my salvation with fear and trembling, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, I trust that God's given me the grace to do it. God's given me the grace to see it. God's given me the grace. It's all, it's grace, right? And it's just, it's um, it's an amazing thing that I don't, yeah, it's an amazing thing. Oh, and one of the things that you said was uh, made me think of another topic about the 10th step. We're talking about taking amends. Many people... Uh, the fellow that I t- that I just talked about, who goes into a bedroom and tucks the kids in at night, he's a full time ministry. He's got a wife and a couple of kids, and he's so he's busy. He's high up in the ministry in which he works. He has worked it out with his wife and with the kids and with his schedule uh, that he takes one day a month and he goes away to a local retreat house. It's it's baked into the it's baked into their marriage. It's baked yeah. into his work schedule. It's just part of what he does. Um, right. And I, I'm not sure. I think my hunch is that his wife does that too. That they've got something worked out. I only know his yeah. side of the story. Sure. Uh, but I think that that and he claims that those that those month those days away and eight hours you know away yeah. is essential to his ministry, not only as a father. Uh, and a husband, but as a full-time in full-time Christian ministry, is to get away for uh, one day a month. Not all of us can do that, um, but that's something that I think is that's that's a part. That's one way of doing this ongoing um, uh, inventory, right? Yeah. Uh, so he can do it a month. Some people can. So it's almost like we do it daily. We also do it monthly, you know, this one, this more intense one day away if we can, uh, or even half a day. You know, you do with what, do what you can, not what you can't. Um, and then on a yearly basis, maybe go on a retreat. Not everybody can do that. You know, that's an ideal to shoot for anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, I've, I've got a big, you know, it's right in my rule of life that I take a, a, a retreat every year. Um, right. So uh, not everybody can do that. I've been blessed to be able to do that, but uh, it's again, it's kind of looking at one schedule and maybe need to rearrange something, and it has to take a priority. Not because you're selfish, but because you want to be a good husband or a good wife or a good uh, child or a good uh, um, parent. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So we got to make a plan. Got to make a plan for that daily examine that. That yearly examine, you know, and whatever else it, it takes for us to keep this process moving forward. 
So some great resources out there, as we mentioned before. You can look up the examine prayer, the structure of that. There's some great advice, great resources out there. Check out on that. But we'll, we'll wrap it up there for today with step 10. We'll go on next week to step 11. Again, a couple more, a couple steps left. But all three of these last steps really now are, are this focus on taking all that we've learned and experienced and implementing it into this is now a way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you again, Brother Rex, for this conversation. Thank you, thank the you. viewer, the listener, uh, for following along with us. Be sure to uh, like and share this episode with anyone who might find it uh, interesting or helpful. Uh, which may be a different group than you might have initially thought. I know I'm getting through this process and realizing I kind of want to go out and say, hey, everybody should be in a program like this. Everybody needs to like get involved with the 12 steps, you know, especially if, they, if they're if they looking for a, a way to go deeper into Christ in their life. So, so check it out there. Um, again, as always, this is a production of the Coming Home Network International. We're a network of converts to Catholicism as well as those who are thinking about becoming Catholic. We're people at all stages of the journey. Um, and whatever stage of the journey that you're at, we invite you to be part of the network. This is your network. And so www.chnetwork.org, we've got a lot of resources for you there, articles, videos, as well as an online community where you can walk along the journey with people like you. And again, that journey, wherever it takes you, however, however long it takes you, whatever the issues, the theological or relational issues that are involved with you approaching this great church that uh, we believe that the Lord has given us, the daily task is to remain close to Jesus. And that's what this show is about. So thank you for following along with it. We'll see you again next week. God bless. Mm-hmm.